When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. It's the Tom Bernard Show. Sitting in for Tom Bernard, I'm Dave Schrader, along with Tevin Pittman, Andy Bernard, Cassie Schrader. Joining us in just a few minutes, Tim Lammers. Weird Hollywood next, right here on the Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. It's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? uh, Either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Walzer Automotive continues to grow. They think it's because of their upfront pricing, no haggle or hassle sales experience, And working with one person from start to finish. I think we all know it's because of the loyal podcast listeners. I've said it a million times before. I won't endorse a company that I don't believe in, and Walzer's no exception. I've bought several cars from them, as has my family. I know what you're thinking. Tommy got some special deal. Well, the truth is we paid the Walzer best price just like everyone else. Walzer will sell about 35,000 cars this year, and you can't do that if your prices aren't great. Do yourself a favor. When it's time to shop for a new or used car, go to walzer.com and give them a shot. You won't be sorry. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. This is my recital. I think it's very vital. To rock around. That's right. On top. It's tricky. It's the place. Here we go. It's tricky to rock around. To rock around. That's right. On top. It's tricky. It's tricky. Welcome back. This is the Tom Bernard Show. Tom has a day off. He'll be back with us tomorrow. Sitting in, I'm Dave Schrader. And uh, do we have Mr. Lammers on the line? Nope. Oh, good. Well, let's get started with some other news then. We'll kind of roll into the entertainment news. It seems, I don't know if you guys followed this in the 70s and early 80s, but the legend was that the law would never get them, but the mountain might someday. But it seems that they've flipped that on their ears, and both Duke boys are in a heap of trouble. (laughs) Yeah? Yeah, the mountain didn't get them, but the law has. John Schneider has asked court to restore jail sentence for unpaid, unpaid alimony after being released early. After being released from jail early, former Dukes of Hazard star John Schneider has asked the court to restore his original jail sentence for unpaid spousal support in June. Schneider was sentenced to three days behind bars after he failed to pay his ex-wife, Elvira Ellie Schneider, more than $150,000 of alimony Goodness. that he owed her. But the actor barely had to serve his three-day jail time. Well, that seems fair. That's right. <laughs> Schneider was released from jail on the same day as his booking due to the facility's overcrowding. 
The 58-year-old actor recently revealed that he is leveraged to the max when it comes to money, admitting to being bogged down by loans and said that he would unlikely be able to comply with the court's conditions to pay his wife the amount of the money she is owed. So instead, the actor asked the court to let him serve his full sentence. I'm willing to and, and able to accept the punishment for my actions or inactions as this matter, and I request this court to impose such sentence without further delay. He wrote in a July letter obtained by People magazine, though Schneider tried uh, to what he believed is do the right thing, According to People, Elvira's lawyers filed a motion to have the actor's letter removed from the record until a hearing can be arranged where he can be cross-examined about his reported financial struggles. But despite all that uh, he's been through, uh, Schneider recently opened up to Fox News about why he is proud to be an American. Which ties right in with not paying alimony, right? Yeah. In America, you can dream, you can pursue your dream, he said. You can become anything that you want to become. The actor went on to say that we are backed by a system that allows us to pursue the American dream. You are backed by a people, you are backed by a system, you are backed by laws that help you, protect you, provide for you a road in which you can uh, get to your dream, he explained. In America, you are anything and everything. You have the stamina, you have the gumption to be. So that's, that's one Duke down. And in sad news, now he's broke. Dukes of Hazard star pleads guilty in a touching case. The Literally, other, right? The other cousin, Luke, <laughs> is now in Waltham, Massachusetts. A former star of the Dukes of Hazard television show has pled guilty to inappropriately touching two women in the cast of a musical in Massachusetts, Ooh. in which he starred. Prosecutors say 66-year-old Tom Wopat was sentenced Friday to a year of probation after pleading guilty to two counts of annoying and accosting a person of the opposite sex. Annoying a person of the opposite sex? God, that doesn't that seem like it should job. be against yeah. the law. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would be in jail every day. My wife would have me put away. The New York City resident was charged last August with touching two female cast members while rehearsing the 42nd Street at Waltham's Regal Music Theater. He also received a continuation without a finding uh, for one year after admitting to sufficient facts on the charge of cocaine possession, the drugs were found on his person during his arrest. Wopat played Luke Duke in the popular 1980s show. So both Duke boys. All right, up to, up to no good. They're right. trying to Still, one-up each other. I just wonder if Coy and Vance are going to fill in for him. Yeah. That Lammers was the, is on. Oh, Tim Lammers joining us now. Hey, Tim. Did just you hear the good old boy. Yeah. Never mean to do no harm. Well, that's not the truth, Sounds apparently. like the Duke boys are in trouble, man. Although, who the hell pays alimony in 2018? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a good question. And he really doesn't want to pay if he's willing to just, oh, I'll just go but back to Put me to, to jail. jail. Take yeah. me to jail. <laughs> well, I mean, he can't be well, making that much money anymore. I mean, what does he do? Right, can't they reassess they his can, income? Yeah. And that's what it sounds like that's what he wants to do is have them, Yeah. Now, do you remember when um, the big uh, controversy with the Confederate flag after those shootings? Yes. They stopped selling merchandise with the Dukes of Hazard, and I'm not sure. It's been a couple years, hasn't it? But did they pull that show from syndication? Because if that's the case, then those guys really are going to be hurting. Yeah, they pulled right? it from CMT. I, mean, I don't know if they did pull it, though. That's what you, Somebody might have to look that up, but I thought that's what they did. Uh, it was pulled in 2015, but I'm not sure if it stayed pulled. But, you yeah. know, John Schneider, yeah. he, he went on to do, uh, he played Clark's father in both Superman movies. And in Smallville, apparently. And, and he was... He was uh, something right. in Smallville. Right. Uh, oh, wait, no, he wasn't. It was uh, Kevin Costner in both of the Superman movies. Yeah, he was uh, Smallville. He was Clark Kent's dad. Um, and he's, he's made appearances in a few other things. So I, you know, but yeah, he seems to be pretty big. I see him a lot more than Wopat. I don't see Wopat much. Wopat's on Broadway fondling women. You know where Wopat turned up was, um, what the heck? Oh, um, the show that, that Tom and Catherine loved so much. And my wife just plowed right through it. Longmire. I think Wopat, he, but it was, it was like a guest deal. It wasn't like a long, he wasn't like a regular cast member. But, God, I haven't seen Schneider at all. I, I mean, uh, yeah, so, no, I've seen Schneider. I haven't seen Wopat at all, apart from that, maybe. Yeah, uh, well, he was. I've seen Schneider at a couple of the Comic-Cons. He'll, he'll make appearances at Dragon mm-hmm. Con and stuff, and he's sure. always there signing. And sure. he's, he's always very affable and friendly. And I, I walked by the table the one day as I was talking to my wife uh, at the time, and she was like, what do you mean Bo Duke is there? 
And I said, yeah, he's right in front of me, Bo Duke. And he goes, who's that? And I said, my wife, she, she's in love with you and uh, she can't have you. And he starts laughing. He goes, give me your phone. And he took the phone and he goes, hey, darling. And he just started sweet talking my wife at the time. And it was, uh, he was just really a nice guy. But then Tom Wopat I met in the uh, late 80s, early 90s at a place called Bub City in Chicago. It was this country bar I got wrangled into going to. And he's standing next to me. I go, hey. I go, hey, I just, you know, I, I love to watch your show. I love to watch it with my cousins. He goes, is this story going to take long? And I went, absolutely <laughs> not. Have a good day, jackass. And I walked away. Well, yeah. you know, and it, but the thing is with Snyder at the conventions, I mean, I hope that they're friendly there because if you're not friendly to the fans at conventions who are paying you, for autographs oh, and pictures, yeah. or whatever, there, then you got problems. There are a but, lot of know, celebrities they, that are not friendly at those. Really? A lot. Really? Malcolm McDowell's wow. a raging jerk. Yeah? Yeah. Who? Malcolm Who? McDowell. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Like a couple of times. Lou Ferrigno's another prick. Eh? Oh, my God. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, we were there one... I, I was collecting autographs for... Um, uh, Haven House, the battered woman shelter in Los Angeles. Uh-huh. We were doing a charity auction, and the actress Erin Gray had set me up. She's yeah. like, "Here," she introduced me to some of her celebrities that she takes care of, and she said, "Get a couple of their autographs, and then the rest of them are just going to fall in line." Yeah. So I'm walking along, and I get up to Lou Ferrigno, and uh, I, I start to explain to Lou what I'm doing, and he just looks at me up and down, and then turns away from me. Wow. And and I know he has a hearing problem, so I don't know if he was just having trouble hearing me. And standing right next to him is William Cat, the greatest American hero, right? Yeah. And William Cat looks at him and goes, "Hey, Lou, this guy's uh, trying to help, you know, with Haven House, a battered woman shelter." And he goes, "Not my problem." Mm. And he goes, oh, oh, "It's just no. a." He goes, "It's just a. It's just an autograph, Lou. Just an. You know, he's going to auction it off for charity." And and Ferrigno just like gets in William Cat's face, and there's a big size discrepancy. Right. William Cat didn't flinch. And and Frigno's like, I'm not a charity work. I don't give away my autograph. Rah, 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 rah. And William oh. Cat goes, and that's why you oh. have absolutely no line in front of your table. And he turns around and goes back to his table where he had a line. <laughs> and But William Cat was one of the <laughs> oh, nicest man. guys. I met him at that. We talked. I met him two years later at San Diego Con, at the big Comic Con. I rounded mm-hmm. the corner, and there's a table, and he's got Robert Culp sitting at the table. And they were pushing some uh-huh. Greatest American Hero comic book. And... Uh, he goes, hey, hey, how did that picture do for you in the auction? And I'm like, God, that was two years ago. You remember that? He goes, yeah, I remember that. He goes, did Lou ever cough up an autograph? I'm like, no. And he goes, just chat with me. And he remembered everything about it. And then he goes, here, you want another autograph? I'll get you one of me and Bob Culp. And he brings Robert Culp oh, over wow. for a picture with me. And just the opposite end. I mean, now there's a guy that went out of his way. Right. Just yeah. a sweetheart of a guy. Lou Ferrigno, jerk. Malcolm McDowell, but wow. maybe Malcolm McDowell. Well, no, he is just a jerk. Uh, uh, Chip Coffee, the psychic medium who's been on a bunch of TV shows, he was standing there and he goes up to me and he goes, "Hi, I'm Chip Coffee. Uh, I'm I'm on, you know, two TV shows and that." And he goes, "Well, isn't that nice for you?" <laughs> and that was like the end of his conversation. And Chip goes, "All right, have a good day." And turns around and walks away from him. He goes, "I was going to get an autograph from the guy, but..." I- why would you even talk to your fans like this? Yeah, yeah, you're there to essentially promote know. yourself. Yeah, so some of these they're actors. Come on, yeah. you know, pretend that you're, you know. Yeah. But whatever, whatever. Maybe they're just at that That's, stage again, in their life. That explains life. why Frigno didn't have a line in front of his table. That explains it. Yeah, yeah, it's a shame though because he comes off like a nice guy. He was on King of Queens as the neighbor, right. and you know, he always comes off like a nice guy in interviews, but uh, not. And I've seen him in person. One, they used to have a deal where you could not take photographs. As you walk by the tables. And this girl comes walking by the table and snaps two pictures of him. And he, like, ran after her, yelling at her, telling her to erase those pictures. Mm. <laughs> and people were just like, Lou, slow your roll, Lou. Slow your roll. But, yeah, some of these celebrities, I just think they're bitter about where they're at in their life that this is, you know, a form yeah. of income for them. Some of them love it and embrace it. And others just, uh, they hate being there. The truth of the matter is, though, it's become a big source of income. Huge. For everybody. Yeah. I mean, you see, especially on the Wizard World circuit, I yep. mean, those people are pulling in big money. Yeah, I paid, to do uh, that. what did I pay, honey? 105 bucks to get an autograph, or to get a picture with David Tennant, who played yeah. Doctor Who. $105 sure. to take a picture? Just to take a picture with him. I couldn't do it. Yeah, well, it's <laughs> well, just one of those rare Well, I will tell instances. you, at the uh, Minneapolis Comic Con, which is no longer, which I, I think that they, I don't know why they... They did it for like three years, and this year's they this year they didn't do it. Wasn't profitable. Um, it seems 
Yeah, must must not have been because they pulled out of other medium sized markets. And yep. I'm not saying Minneapolis is medium, but certainly smaller than your Chicago's and right. your New York and LA's. But um, there was a line that, um, like a border, where people started standing in line. And I was there covering the event. And I was, you know, Sorbo was there. I got a picture of him, got a picture of Rooker. Um, I was told by the, the, gatekeeper of the line no no you can't pass that i said no i'm i'm pressed i'm covering for this you know here's credentials da, 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 da. and jillian anderson <laughs> was signing autographs and she caught my eye and looked up and she goes are you at the con and i said uh, no no i'm a reporter and she goes oh okay but she she must have thought i was taking a picture for somebody you know at oh, the table sure. with her or something right so she even yelled out you know, I, and again, I mean, you know what? It's kind of Some silly, people, I think. And that was, you know, she's been working all along, and this was, I think, after X Files was announced for the uh, the reboot or whatever it was. So I don't know. Again, man, she had a huge line, not like she was suffering for income or anything like that. But boy, she gave me this look, like, "What the hell are you doing?" And then she yelled out at me about fifty feet away. Are you with the con? Like, okay. So, I survived. Whatever. Yeah. I was just doing my job. Just doing my job, ma'am. Just, just doing my job. <laughs> Media, ma'am. Media. I'm here to make you look better. Yeah, there's yeah. Uh, some of the celebrities are, are, are very good with it. Others, you can tell there's some bitterness. But I think I think now contractually a lot of these celebrities have to make appearances because they're promoting yep. you know, the X-Files return. They're promoting some new series they've got on Netflix, and she has like a UFO series now that just kicked off. And yeah. really, if you're mean the whole time, it's not going to impact your numbers because people will report that you were there, and they might even report that you were mean. But really, all that matters is getting your name in the you know local news and all that kind of stuff. So I will well, tell that's you, true. There's no such thing as bad publicity. Yeah, exactly. Like that, I guess. I, I've had two standout moments doing the autographs, and I don't usually buy the autographs. I, you know, I get them for right. the charity auction. But Karen Allen, right, Marion from oh, Raiders yeah. of the Lost yeah. Ark, and I go up there to get her picture, and I'm just like, oh, she was stunning. And I said, wow. I said, God, you are just as beautiful in person. And she goes, oh, I like you. And she gets up and gives me this huge hug. And she goes, are we going to do a picture together? I'm like, okay. So she, <laughs> she poses for this picture. And then um, there's another character actor I like, uh, John Barrowman, who's been on Doctor Who mm -hmm. and Torchwood and Arrow. And uh, ragingly homosexual, open homosexual at all these events. Like he plays all these tough, you know, butch characters. And then he's just mm -hmm. flamingly wearing dresses and silly in person, right? And I get up there with one of my good friends and we're standing in front of the table. And he goes, who should I make this out to? And I'm like, you can make it out to Dave. And then I looked at my friend and I go, what just happened to me? And she goes, I don't know. And then every time I talked to him, it was like this weird reaction. I go, I think I'm going gay for John Barrowman. And her, his <laughs> husband starts laughing. And I go, I just wanted to thank you for making uh, – TV so cool to watch. <laughs> I'm like, where is this voice coming from? And John Barrowman's rolling on the floor. And I literally just, I don't know, for a few moments lost whatever dignity right. I had. Yeah, so uh, you come here often, but John I've, Barrowman? I've heard he's been great at conventions. Oh, he is. And that's the way it should be. You know, he's fantastic. He appreciates his, you know, people that love his stuff. I mean, that's hey, we really gotta, what it should be about. Tim, hold on. We'll take a break. And when we come back, you mentioned Michael Rooker. He's in the news. We'll chat with, about that in a few seconds and more entertainment when we return to the Tom Bernard Show. I'm Brad Huckle, president of North American Banking Company. Ask one of our bankers what they love about business banking. They always say the relationship with a client. Case in point, True North Oral Surgery and Implants is a longtime customer with a growing practice. Their banker, Julie Marshall, knows the ins and outs of what they do. So when they need working capital, an equipment loan, or funds for expansion, they call Julie. Are you looking for a banker you can count on? Give us a call. This is Tom. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Did you know that about 60% of people over the age of 60 are starting to experience cloudy, blurry, or dim vision due to cataracts? 
Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Eye Care. Whiting Clinic is best known for their fabulous LASIK results. You've heard me rave about them for years, but did you know they're also experts in cataract surgery? Yes, indeed, and I'm here to tell you about my wonderful experience having cataract surgery at Whiting Clinic. I'm at that age when my vision started to fade, so I called up the folks at Whiting Clinic. They helped me out right away. My cataract surgery was super easy, and thanks to the Whiting Clinic, my vision is top-notch once again. Whiting Clinic has the most advanced lens technology options, so I can see far away and up close without wearing any glasses. If you want to learn more about your options for cataract surgery or clearer vision, attend one of Whiting Clinic's cataract seminars. Call Whiting Clinic at 855-554-2020 to RSVP today. That's 855-554-2020 to learn more about your cataract surgery options at Whiting Clinic. We're back. This is the Tom Bernard Show. I'm Dave Schrader, along with Tim Lammers, talking Hollywood weirdness. You know, the uh, big San Diego Comic-Con just came and went, and uh, Marvel, HBO, some of the bigwigs were not there, but I thought it was really great marketing, without giving any spoilers away. Marvel did set up, I guess, a grief counseling area for people that were trying to deal with the end <laughs> of, of Infinity Wars. Um, we were just briefly chatting about it here in studio, and... Uh, uh, Tevin and, and Cassie have not seen it yet, but um, it, it's funny that they went to that length that they're like, we're going to put grief counselors in so people that need to chat can, can vent and get it out. And I was talking about the reaction in the theater. I had a big burly guy sitting next to me who was openly kind of <laughs> when things were going down and sobbing. And we're all like, what the hell? People are crying around me and, and wailing. It was really bizarre. Yeah, you know, I, I you know, I, the, it's a first of all, genius idea. Right. And, and it's hard to talk about it, yes, because, you know, I, and I try to extend that courtesy as far as I possibly can. I think once the movie hits video, which it will be pretty soon, then all bets are off. Right. But, uh, yeah, obviously, if they would have had people uh, show up to um, a, 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 a Comic-Con panel um, for the next film... And, you know, it would have given away some secrets. Right. So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. you know, it's funny because there is so much going on. And I I was checking Twitter and and Facebook and and, and Googling articles all weekend, you know, seeing about that. I'm looking for the new trailer drops, like the Aquaman trailer was pretty spectacular Um, and, and different things like that. Um, So I I guess I wasn't even aware that Marvel didn't do anything. You, You just... You just kind of assume that they will, but, you know, it, it is funny that they went that route, and I'm glad they did. That's a, that's a very clever idea. Yeah, the big hits this year, I guess, were had more to do with, like, the new Doctor Who launch, Godzilla, Aquaman. But I want to talk about one of the weird, <laughs> weirdest moments of protest now. Um, there's, you know, James Gunn was fired from Disney, mm-hmm. the director of the uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy series. And it's because of tweets 10 years ago. Yeah, that's... I'm, right. I don't understand why people are getting. Well, you know, it's it okay. It, but if he was saying, "I'm tired of the N word" or, yeah. or "the N's taking this," or would you have that same feeling? Well, no, I, I think like because there was a baseball player that he got dragged tweets dragged up from when he was like 17 years right. old, and so it's like one who has enough time to go back through all these tweets and like you bring all this up. Some like, people this, do. This is referencing a like yes, he should address it, and this is a different time, or at least acknowledge it. But I don't. Think he needs to lose his job because well, seventeen. I like mean, a long like it's you're years still ago, a like, dumb kid. You right. don't even know what you're yeah. talking about. You're yeah. not a forty year old director, right? But Look, ten years I, ago, my, yeah, I don't know if you should. Here's my solution. Right. My solution is don't tweet stupid. Right? Stuff. Yeah, that's it. Just right. don't. You know, if you're gonna be on Twitter, I mean, in my case. You, you do it to promote your work, and that's it. <laughs> but, you know, in, in, in some cases, people are trying to be edgy and funny, and they're making an obvious, ironic joke about mm-hmm. pedophilia, which, again, maybe that's not a topic you should tackle. But I think Michael Ian Black posted, and he goes, right, but neither is cancer or, you know, debt mm-hmm. or or war. But that's what comedians' jobs to do is, right. is to take something obscure and try to find the the humor in it. Yep. And, and – yeah. um, that was the kind of case with James Gunn, but here was a weird standout moment. Guardians of the Galaxy cast members are having varied online reactions in the wake of writer-director James Gunn's firing from Disney. But one has opted to quit 
the social media platform altogether. Michael Rooker, who played outlaw Yandu in the first two films in the franchise, announced in an angry-sounding post on Twitter he was leaving the platform. Gunn was fired by Disney last week after he became the target of a right-wing online uh, campaign to oust the director over obscene decade-old deleted tweets. Which is another thing. They're deleted tweets. So if you've seen the error of your ways and you've gone back and tried to clear yeah. your past, shouldn't that right. yeah, that's... matter? Uh, Rooker well, doesn't... Did he, did, he, did he delete them, though? Because I, I saw the tweet with all the tweets, so right. apparently he didn't delete them in time. Right. But, uh, yeah, either way, it's like, yeah, if yeah, who thinks about how many thousands of tweets they've done and, and thinking that it's going to come back to bite them again... Um, yeah, social media has become a very dangerous place for celebrities to be. And, again, it's their own doing. I mean, right, come but on, that's man. what I found I is mean, a, a you know, weird... whether you go with Gunn or Roseanne, I mean, it's by their own hand. So you got to – it's a very chancy thing, and, and it's coming back to bite people. Well, the James Gunn thing, I mean, he did make, like, 20 tweets about having sex with little boys. So it's kind of weird yeah. how he kept yeah. doing it over and over. Wow, you guys just don't see yeah. a narrative there. It's a comedic narrative. <laughs> if it was like, if it was the no, one, you're right. the one yeah. tweet, then you know, whatever. But there's a lot of them, and, and yeah, they go over three years. So yeah. Well, again, and, I, and did he, Trevor Noah? Did he get? Isn't he in kind of in the meat grinder too over some joke he did on stage like five years ago about? Uh, Aboriginal women or something in Australia. Like oh, really? Yeah, they're boycotting his tour in Who's Australia. Who's the Aborigines? <laughs> yeah, 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 is he big with the about. Aboriginal tribes? Um, so they, he made My a joke. My question is, do you think that they're going to be celebrities, even comedians, going to be more careful now with what they tweet? Well, what I didn't understand about Rooker's uh, line here is, you know, if, if he truly is going to pull himself off Twitter because... Somebody got ousted for something stupid they said. What are you – you know, Twitter – and it, that's what I, people are like, I hate social media. It is what it is for me. Mm-hmm. It's a place to publicize what I'm doing and and my agenda. Right. Right. I have a radio show. I'm going to be hosting Tom Bernard's show. It's a, it's a promotional vehicle. Right. And then sometimes you get right. – like I'll do Q&As and sometimes I'm sarcastic and sometimes I'm straight on with my answers. And you just try to have fun with it and keep it out there. But, yeah, you know, that's why I try to keep political rhetoric off there and, and – you know, I don't get into the war issues or racial issues because you just don't know who's going to read it and how it's going to be twisted. Mm-hmm. And then there is this horrible thing that happens. You're texting away while sitting on the hopper, right? And you're trying to put up a quick little tweet. <laughs> oh, look at me like you guys have never tweeted while you're pooping. Give me a break. I've never called no, it the hopper. No, no. <laughs> but, then, but then you hit a word and you hit send it and then realize that it auto-corrected for you and put in a word that you never meant to be in there. So that you've got to happen. quickly scramble. Yeah. But the minute you hit send, somebody has liked it or retweeted it already, and you're cooked. Yeah. There's no – you've got to take time. Now, I have to stop and reread what I tweet to make sure I didn't type in something that seemed horrible or – or did, you know, in your head it sounds great, and then you reread it, and you're like, oh, no, I shouldn't put it that way. And then you just reframe the, the way you right. state it, and it's, you know, not oh, as yeah, offensive. That's the big, I think the biggest issue is people just, yeah, the first thought that comes to mind, then they hit send without right. thinking about it. Well, yeah. and see, like, you can set your Twitter so, like, if Dave tweets, I get an alert mm-hmm. that you tweeted. Right. So that's how a lot of these, that's how yeah. people get it out so fast yeah. and retweet it. Cause <laughs> I like these. Okay, I get that. But then I, here's what, I, maybe I'm cynical. Uh, Tim, but like when these female actresses would accidentally tweet out nude pictures, it threw them into the mainstream news like that. And it's something like most of them have been seen naked on TV or in movies anyway. So, you know, is it really that? But but it drew a whole lot of attention real quick. And then they became kind of the the darling of that day. So media wise, it becomes something about it. And then they pull back their picture. But the minute it hit. Like 500 people hit the retweet button and shot it. And that's the weird thing to me. Like when you erase yours, it doesn't take away everything that everybody has retweeted mm-hmm. and, and posted about your post. Facebook, oh. you can go in and take it out and it vanishes off of everybody's yeah. timeline, but not off of Twitter. So, yeah, you just got to you know put your head into it. I don't think you have to quit the service because somebody else made a poor choice in what they said. But mm-hmm. I, I honestly, I, I'm, I refuse to even go through mine now. I'm sure there's been things in there that'll hang me at some point in my career. Yeah. But uh, well, you know, the thing with with uh, Rooker, I mean, I, I've interviewed him a few times, and a very, again, a very affable guy, and sure. yes, in person, terrific. You know, he was great. You know, at, at the Minneapolis Comic Con when I met him there, and I've 
done phone interviews and, and obviously part of, you know, getting geared up, whatever. You, you go to his Twitter account, you see what he's like and everything. And everything, I, I didn't see anything in there that would have gotten him into trouble. You know, he was just an enthusiastic guy, but nothing controversial at all. Right. So, I don't know. Maybe he's figuring, too. Maybe, you know, the way somebody else reads it might be offended, and therefore, why do I want to put myself there? Who knows? You know what, so, though? Did he explain it all? Here's he the thing. why he quit? Uh, he just needs a break from it is basically what he was getting at. He needs a step away. And, and how many times do we hear that on social media? You know, I, I'm leaving, and then they're back a day or two later. Um, so, you know, I, I don't even, I don't pay attention to most of that anyway, but one thing that I think in, in the case of Michael Rooker, now you've seen him a couple of times at conventions and, and such, have you noticed anything specific about his personality towards, I don't know, say specific fans that are in line? Uh, not, not really. I mean, he seems very friendly and very, uh, right. affable with, with everybody. Um, you know, one, you know, I was interviewing him, I wanted to interview him behind, backstage whatever because right. i've done that with others but he apparently come on let's do this now you know he didn't want to take a break because there were people in line which is cool but it was very quick but he was very friendly right I, no no why did you have an oh well, yeah i've seen him i've seen him three times in person and he's very uh he, he is very fun he's a very nice guy very light-hearted but he um you know i think before you start drawing your attention talking about you know how how things are looking in his case, I've watched him grab at women, and, and oh no, oh yeah, and no, I've, I didn't notice anything I've, like I've that. I've talked but... to a, I've talked to quite a few women that have met him, and they they find him charming. But to me, it's funny. Like in his mind, is that okay? And at what point is somebody going to say, no, it's not okay that I'm an attractive woman, and yeah, and just yeah. because I'm hot, you can grab at me and paw at me? And I've seen it. I, I and again, I'm I'm not trying to throw him under the bus, but then don't you know? I would be fearful as a celebrity before I'd put myself in the public eye of taking a shot at, at something or standing up for somebody, I just make sure that my deck is clean, uh, you know? Yeah. Because you don't yeah. know what's, you know, what's coming your way. That you mentioned that because, well, I had my youngest son with me. I'm trying to think how old he was then. You know, he's a teenager. And uh, he goes, you got, he asked, I think he actually asked my son if he wanted to get a picture, which was cool. And then he grabbed his arms. He said, here, do it. Let's, let's do it. Like, put up your dukes. So he grabbed my kid's arms and, you know, maybe he's just, I don't know. <laughs> no, I, 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 I understand what you're getting fans. at. I don't know, but I, I certainly didn't notice him. I wasn't there long enough to notice him with, with females. Hey, hey, darling, come on over here. Darling, come here, come here. Oh, I watched him literally one word after Uh-oh. another. And I, like I said, I've got some female friends that he got very touchy-feely with at some of these cons. and, oh. and uh, I think all these people are going to have to step back and yeah. start thinking about, again, not only what they tweet, but the behavior at conventions, whatever, because it is a very, very different time now. You know what? And the... this has all happened within the past year, really, if right. you think about it. The Me Too movement started with Weinstein getting busted finally, um, and then Kevin Spacey. I mean, that that was all like September of Oct- or October last year. You know, so you have that, and then you know the big fallout with tweets might have gone back further than that, but it's really been heavy duty in the past couple months. I wonder, like in, in cases with him, because he's so out there with it in public and he's so bold and he's doing it and, it, you know, people are kind of laughing along with him and, and you just kind of get that. I wonder if there's a different vibe than, you know, than when you go stand next to, you know, Luke Duke and he grabs your butt during a photo, right? right? Um, and, and he's kind of being, you know, sly. And I'm not saying he did, but I mean, if you're, you know, you, you've got this guy's like, come here, darling. And in front of the crowd, he's calling you out and, and laying all this attention on you and then mm-hmm. kind of groping and cuddling on you. It's funny and charming and, and, you know, yeah, where it's be- more of like an act that he's putting right. on. But why is that any less offensive than the, the actor, you know, uh, who, who sidles up next to you for a photograph and grabs a, a cheek, you know, I mean, is it cause that's more sneaky and creepy? Yeah, and- I think, I think so. It's, yeah, it's more like he's trying to hide it because he knows. He shouldn't be doing it. Yeah. Ugh, gross. Ed Asner, I hear, has got a predilection for that kind of activity. Yeah. Yeah. Of all people. Well, didn't a former senator from Minnesota get uh, busted for doing such a thing, too? This I cannot uh, confirm nor deny. Al Franken? Your Honor, can we just move on to the next question? Oh, question? with you! <laughs> no. You got a picture with Al? No, no. Yeah, again. He you could know, grow up my butt. I wouldn't just... mind, but. <laughs> yeah, it's just uh no, yeah, he yeah, he got into some trouble too, but he didn't actually even did 
was the picture him actually touching or just holding the hands out in front? Yeah, I don't think no, any no, pictures no. actually Apparently had... Apparently, the, the people said that while this was going on, his hand was on my behind. And they oh, said, whatever. but there's no pictures of it. Yeah. Uh, but I yeah, think what, right. what the problem was is that she was passed out. Yeah. And it was showing him, like, attempting yeah, like, to grope her when she's incapacitated. But, it, you know, if yeah, you're, you're taking a picture like that... Yeah, you're talking about the picture like that, that got him into trouble in the first place. Yeah. It was but a pic- these are other... Sorry, go ahead. If it was a picture like that of him doing it to a guy, you know, like grabbing at his crotch or something, then no one would care. So, you know, equality or not equality, you got to pick one. That's true. It's weird how we break it down, but yeah. we don't, actually. We don't, and there's a big movement. I'm not saying it should be dismissed, but it's it's definitely not fair or even across the board. There are some celebrities that are known for this. Their names don't get brought up. <laughs> Just It just doesn't happen. We'll take a break. We've got more to talk about. And I want to talk about the new Mission Impossible next mm. on the Tom Bernard Show. Just like all of you, I'd been hearing about my pillow and was skeptical that it's as great as everyone says. Well, I received my first my pillow, and I love it because I have a pretty big melon, pretty big head, and my pillow will prop it right up. I can get my neck aligned, and I sleep very well because of it. Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow, has a very special offer for my listeners. My Pillow is offering buy one My Pillow and get another absolutely free. Don't delay. Order now. This offer expires August 1st. If you're looking for a great night's sleep, now is the perfect time to get your first My Pillow. If you already know how great the My Pillow is, why not give them to everyone you know? Call 800-516-5146. Use the promo code TOM or go to mypillow.com, but make sure to use the promo code TOM. Call 1-800-516-5146. And use promo code TOM. Tom Bernard here to tell you, Priority Courier Experts has immediate openings for drivers looking for more. Priority drivers are independent contractors who set their own hours, start from their own driveways, and deliver local on-call parcels and freight, which means you're home for dinner every night. And you get paid weekly. Right now, Priority's driver-friendly lease-to-own program has brand-new dock trucks, flatbeds, curtain sides, and tractor trailers just waiting to be driven home. And Priority is also offering a $4,000 sign-on bonus to qualified drivers. So if you've got the skills, we can get you qualified to start driving a brand new truck in as little as three days. Calling all drivers, come get the $4,000 sign-on bonus you deserve for all the knowledge and experience you bring to the delivery business. Call Roger or Eddie right now at 651-748-4477 or visit them online at Priority.com. Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. Mr. Lammers, this is your mission should you choose to accept it. In the next 15 minutes, be entertaining, gregarious, and funny. We will disavow any knowledge of your existence if you fail. Tim Lammers, the sixth Mission Impossible installment. They're doing a sneak preview of it tonight. Are you going to be at that screening? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what? I saw the yeah. first movie when it came out. I got to be honest with you. I was a little disappointed that they threw Peter Graves' character under the bus. And, and I, you know, I, I stayed away from the next two movies. And then I watched them reluctantly, and I was like, yeah, they're okay. And then the, the fourth one came out and knocked me down. I think that was Ghost Protocol. And then, right. then Rogue Nation last, uh, you know, a couple of years ago. This season, the series is one of those just just seems to keep getting better. Actually, as it's aging, I'm looking forward to this one. The commercials look outstanding, and I'm I'm completely yeah. blown away by Tom Cruise and and what he's capable of doing. How old is he? Like 82, and he's still running yeah, at I mock so. speed. <laughs> Tom Cruise. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you about getting better with age. Um, and getting better, the film series. That first film was really confusing. Yeah, it I, was. I didn't like that first it film was at all. Confusing. And it got better, but when J.J. Abrams took over in the third film, that's when things started to amp up. There is, however, uh, but, Tom Cruise's ankle apparently got messed up. Oh, so yeah, because he still is yep. out there doing all his own stunts. Yeah, yeah. and you know that'll catch, that'll catch up with you eventually. Oh, from what I hear, though, this for this Mission Impossible, he went to a year-long stunt school. To learn how to do most of all of his... I mean, he's done it before, yeah. 
but I think he wants to be more involved in the How stunt process. How can I do process. it with less pain this yeah. time? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, 56 years old. It's I think been you need publicized, to but he's doing a halo jump 25,000 feet out of a plane in this one. Wow. Um, and that, and you're right, uh, Andy. The he broke his ankle, and that stunt is in the movie. It's in the TV commercials. It's where he leaps from one building to the next, and it and he falls short, and he hit his ankle against the building and broke it. Oh. And they just ceased production basically for I don't know how long, six weeks or whatever, till it healed. And then he kept doing stuff that was even more dangerous. It's funny because he broke his ankle with what seemed to be a very um, common sort of stunt you know he does these other outrageous things like hangs up upside down off that tallest skyscraper in dubai right. and, you know holds onto the side of a cargo plane but then he breaks his ankle jumping from one building to the next what but, a wimp yeah, he had to it, take it six weeks spectacular. he had to take six weeks to recoup I think I'm not sure how long, but it took a while. Jackie though. Jackie they Chan had to take some it, time off. In the I think it's Rumble in the Bronx. He does one of those jumping from building mm-hmm. to buildings and broke his ankle, and took a couple days off. Got his leg casted, and if you look at the rest of the movie, you can see he's wearing a painted cast. It's painted mm, black like his shoes. <laughs> uh, but he continued on. But uh, yeah, I, I'm just amazed at these. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And then they showed all of these great clips from um, Comic Con this year, and I'm a I'm right. a big monster nerd so the godzilla movie blew me away man does that look awesome i can't wait to see what they're going to do with this and how they're going to tie it into the uh big 2020 king kong versus godzilla uh that's my nerdgasm for the year Uh, i'm looking forward to that but the godzilla and aquaman again there's a character i never thought i would care about seeing a movie and it looks awesome right it does it does and you know um it's funny with godzilla because that that kicked off this whole MonsterVerse thing, and I really liked it. I think the big mistake of that movie, <clears throat> excuse me, was that it really didn't introduce the character until about halfway through. Now, because of the success of Kong Skull Island, it seems like, it almost seems like they're, they're rebooting this Godzilla again, because it seems totally different than what we saw with that first film about three or four years ago. So, but yeah, you're right. It looks great, and Mothra... And the other creatures that they're introducing, I mean that that's going to be. It does look great. See, but if and you're a fan a great of cast, if too. you're a fan of the original Japanese Godzilla movies, they don't usually end up bringing him in until well into half the movie is over anyway. Um, Peter, oh, really? Yeah, Peter Jackson really screwed the pooch with his King Kong because I think it was an hour. And Annie, maybe you can look it up. It's some ridiculous deal. It's like a two, almost a three-hour movie, and it takes almost ninety minutes for Kong to show up. <laughs> Right. I mean, how do you get into a King Kong movie 90 minutes in and you haven't seen the big guy? Running yeah. time, geez, 187 minutes. Yeah. That's uh, Now, what I liked much. about the Godzilla movie was that he was there, but it was you were watching it as though it was really unfolding because they're showing scenes on the news and it's in the mm. background. Oh, okay. When you'd see him in the town crushing things or they show the helicopters and you see the big things swimming into the water. I liked those little moments. It was like Jaws to me. It was slowly building up to what the new Godzilla was going to be. Okay. And I thought they did a great job with that and, and introducing him into this. And then with the Kong Skull Island and tying it back into the Godzilla-verse, and then this one's going to unleash all these monsters. Um, I, I just thought, it I don't know, like I said, it's that was my thing when I was a kid. I loved all of that, and I'm just so glad that they're bringing it all together. And I can't wait to see what these new special effects, what they're going to pull it into. But they said that there's another little tag that connects this into the Kong universe. And then I guess 2020 is the big melee. We get to see Kong versus Godzilla finally, which, again, sounds ridiculous. It's a giant monkey against a fire-breathing nuclear dragon. <laughs> who who doesn't think Godzilla's going to win no, on this Kong's deal? No, Kong's going to win. Whatever. Get out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> I'm team Kong. <laughs> Good thing I think he will no. because America has more money for Hollywood to take. That's who won? Uh, King Kong. But it's an American movie company making it. Yeah, exactly. So, so I think they'll go with the, the... If they're smart, they'll do like the original, and they cut two endings. For America, oh, they showed yeah. King Kong win, oh, and yeah, in, yeah. in Japan, they showed Godzilla. But I, I don't know. I, it'll be, You know what it'll be? This is what they're going to do, because it's the PC market, and you don't want to take either one of these titans down. At one point, they're going to get the upper hand on the other, and then some horrible yep. creature is going to come yep, up, definitely. and the two of them are going to look at each other, and they're going to take down the big bad, right. and then realize, oh, you know, we can be friends. <laughs> yeah, I'm almost definitely. Yeah, that'll be the that's the typical superhero uh, kind of connection too. When they have the versus issues, yeah. always, no one's allowed to die. Right, they start battling each other till they realize they're too too stupid. They're they're brilliant. 
superheroes except for when they meet new superheroes and they want to fight them and then something bad has to happen for them to realize oh we should work together and beat that thing instead <laughs> um so that's where i think they're going to take the the series uh from from the commercials i've seen uh i don't know what what were the other big ones that dropped there were quite a few different trailers that popped out this weekend well, yeah, and and uh, again, it, it's funny because once you you brought that up about um, Marvel not having a panel, um, there were so many. I guess you could say there was so much going on that, in a way, you didn't feel like you missed anything because they didn't drop it. Right. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I I don't know. You know, I was hoping um, for a, a little more from. I I was heard that possibly another one from Dumbo was going to be released, um, but that didn't happen, and that's obviously because of Tim Burton, you know, and I just loved that first trailer. So, you know, there were a few things that didn't happen that I expected to happen, but um, also with Warners, they're rebranding that whole DC universe now, too. Did you know that? No. What are they doing now? Yeah, they're, they're calling it the world of DC or something like that. they got to get their stuff straightened out pretty soon here, though, because, boy... Talk about a franchise hitting the wall. DC does a lot of multiverse things. The the whole idea behind the DC franchise is that there are infinite universes, and at any given moment we might be in like watching the superheroes in one universe, but then you know something horrible happens and a bunch of them die or something, and then when we reboot, we go to a different universe. So the other stuff still happened, but as far as this universe is considered, it didn't. So we get to do everything over again. So that's what they Sometimes like to you do. You get the feeling that, that studios are just trying too hard. Yeah. You know? Well, everybody wants to cash in on the superhero market. And you've got the two titans out there, DC and Marvel. Uh, and now they've released, I guess, Todd McFarlane is bringing Spawn back, starring Jamie Foxx. Yeah. And they're going to tackle it more, which I thought was a great idea, as a horror movie. Because I thought Christian Bale in the first Batman movie was was great horror movie um, feel. When when he's stalking those guys and you, you see them all kind of hunting and then they just keep one by one getting pulled up right. and vanishing. And he's like this monster. I thought that was a great tact. And I'd love to see Spawn more as a horror movie and see where they take that and, and kind of start to break the vein of the superhero cliche that, that everybody's getting you know soaked in. Alex is definitely well, going to see Christopher Robin. Well, to be doing that with Venom. Venom? You know, going for that more of a, I won't call it a horror film, but it's definitely, it's an R-rated film, correct? Right. With Tom Hardy? Yeah. Yeah, so they're, they're going definitely. When, but that's not, that's not Warner or, or Disney. That's your, your um, Sony. Right. And Fox already is way ahead of the curve with the R-rated superheroes with um, Wolverine and Deadpool. So yeah. I think that, that's a, definitely a smart way to go with Venom. The other big drop was the uh, season trailer for The Walking Dead, which I, I don't know looks phenomenal. I think it's they may be actually reinvigorating that series. And now the news that the lead star Andrew Lincoln is leaving after this season, but he's still alive in the comic books. I think they have given themselves a place to move that may freshen up the series, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do with that. But have you seen the commercials, or are you a Walking Dead fan, Tim? Well, I was. Up until the first episode of season seven with that brutal scene with uh, the baseball bat. And that was it. It, it just, the, the series hit the wall for me. I tried to check out an episode or two uh, in the last couple seasons. Just, I'm not interested anymore. I, I just, I, I don't know. I just, to me, and, and I understand season seven was very lame after that. So I don't know if they've creatively hit the wall. Did you, what can you tell that's different in this new uh, trailer that will be different from the pr- prior two seasons. Well, it's it's kind of it it's a time of contentment and and but they've they've kind of sown the seed of this deceit that's going to be underlying in the season and the last episode of of the of the previous season. So it'll be interesting to see where they take everything. But you can see that from the it looks like they've amped up the action, which is has been kind of sorely lacking. Um, I don't know. It'll just be interesting to see how it plays out. I'm sticking with the series. You know, there have been times I've thought about calling it quits, but I also, I kind of, I, I like where they take them. It's, you know, like a Vegas slot machine to me. Whenever I start to think, yeah, I'm going to get up and walk away, they bring something cool in. And I think, oh, that, all right, that's an interesting tact, and I'll stay for another episode or two of that, and, and I'll uh, I'll pull along. I've lost a lot of TV shows I've, I've walked away from now. Uh, Big Bang Theory, um, 
oh gosh, I can't even think, Modern Family, stuff like that that I loved. Mm-hmm. I just, at this point, has totally lost my interest. Hollywood seems to be kind of choking itself, and I'd rather, you know, I think the BBC has it right. You do a series, you do it right for two or three seasons, and then you just call it quits. Yeah, exactly, because that, it seems to me that more people remember the disappointing finale of Seinfeld than they forget, you know, they seem to forget how great the series was, right. you know, long before that. And I don't think Seinfeld creatively went downhill either. It's just that there was that finale that so many people were disappointed by. But then again, there are the series that just seem to lose their steam, and, and again, people walk away, and that's, that's not how it should end. It should, it should end on, on an up note, and you're right. If it takes two or three seasons to tell the story and get it done, great, you know, and, and go about it that way. That is a great idea. We have about two and a half minutes left. Did you have a movie you want to mention? Anything going on you want to uh, promote? Uh, you know, you know I, I'm just very um, surprised at uh, the how I, I can't say I'm disappointed, but I'm sure there's nobody in, in studio right now that's on Mamma Mia 2. <laughs> no, can't, uh, Come can't on, say I made it out to that, man. Mama Mia Here we go again. <laughs> Here we go again. And, it, you know, it's funny because after that, you know, ABBA goes into, uh, it's been playing in my household for the past few days, and then we watch the original one again, and the original is so great, and it's like one of those deals where I am still shocked that they did a sequel because how are you going to top that original? And again, if you're, you know, again, maybe you guys haven't even seen the original one, but um, I think the box office, it was interesting because that thing was predicted to take the box office over the weekend. And don't get me wrong, I love the picture, but Equalizer 2 actually won. And that's not the greatest sequel either, <laughs> but it's Denzel, and Denzel kicks butt, you know. Right. Um, and, and it's it's surprising, you know, that an R-rated film still managed to beat out this, you know, I don't I don't know if I'd call it family friendly, but certainly there's I thought there was a bigger audience for Mamma Mia too, and it didn't and it didn't win out at the box office. So I don't know. Maybe I don't know people, if I'm saying anything of any meaning, you guys. Maybe but, maybe people uh, yeah. still have the bad taste of my big fat Greek wedding too in their in their mouth, <laughs> and they just feel this is the Mamma Mia version of it. Was it not so good? The no. first one was great. It was a lot of fun. I just watched the first one, right? Actually. And the second one it fell short. Yeah, I mean, it was just another. You know, hey, none of us it, are really famous anymore. We should do a sequel. Oh, uh, well. Well, you know, I I have to say, I mean, I'll stick up for Nia Vardalis, who I got to know after that first one, uh, and, and, you know, it is a tough deal, you know, and it was 14 years. I mean, how many, it, well, The Incredibles 2 is one of those rare deals where you can come back from a film 14 years after the original and seem to find that magic. I don't know how many films can actually do that, where they have such of a long break between sequels, because Mamma Mia and the second one, that was a 10-year break. Yeah. So whatever magic you captured... You know, 10 years prior, 14 years prior, how do you expect to do it again with an entirely new generation? But, yeah, you, know, you do it that, week that after week, Glamours. You bring the magic week after week. That's it. Thank you so much for joining us. We have to take a break. We'll be back. We've got more on the Tom Bernard Show.